Hi friend, my name is Amy Joy and this is the Make Prayer Beautiful podcast. Many years ago, I read a Reader's Digest little blurb. Back in the day, if Reader's Digest had a section of the page that the article didn't fill, they would end with a paragraph or anecdote or little quip or something. So this little couple of paragraphs was about a farm family in the 1800s that had heard that a circus was coming to town, but the only way that they were going to be able to go to the circus was to sell the cow. And this little story ended with something like, and they remembered the circus for the rest of their lives. (laughs) And then I think maybe it said, just sell the cow. And I think about that because practically it makes no sense to sell a cow. A cow is a major source of calories. You can do a whole lot with the milk. It reproduces. And then when it's time for it to die, then you can even eat the meat. I mean, it's uh, actually, you don't get a whole lot of meat from a dairy cow, but in any case, bone marrow, maybe. So the fact that they would sell the cow in order to go to the circus is <laughs> a pretty tremendous testimony to their desire to experience something new. But something about that story really sank in deep for me because I think about how we can get in a rut and be like, well, that's just not very practical. But sometimes I think the Lord wants us to not be completely practical. <laughs> when I think about Jesus' ministry and how he was always stopping for the one, or he would go to, uh, he would heal the centurion's servant, or there were so many things that he did that were just kind of outrageous, obviously not necessarily in the spending category, and yet, as I understand it, his special garment that they gambled for at the end of his life would have been the first century equivalent of a Versace suit. And you know, you think about when he transformed water into wine, he didn't do it for the cheap boxed wine. It was the best wine. And so I think I sometimes underestimate how important celebrations are to the Lord, how important maybe even grand gestures. I'm not trying to be blasphemous, but uh, there's there's something about the grandeur of heaven, (laughs) when you read the description in Revelation 4 and 5, that makes me think the Lord actually likes grand gestures sometimes. So, uh, while also recognizing that Jesus came to a very humble family and that the Apostle Paul dealt with a whole lot of different trials and tribulations. So, I'm not saying, I'm not I'm not saying anything as a universal. I'm just saying in my life, I would probably tend more towards the impoverished side. And so it's good for my brain to remind myself, sometimes it's okay. So my own personal example of this is when I got married, I got married after my junior year of college. Phil is six years older. And so he was already working and was ready to be married. And so at some point, I think it was maybe on New Year's Eve that year, or right around New Year's, Bocelli, Andrea Bocelli, the famous tenor, was coming to town. And, oh, the tickets were, I mean, by today's standards, not that expensive, maybe $80. But at that time, buying an $80 ticket times two felt a little bit like <laughs> we would need to sell the cow. And and yet we did. And 
from the moment Bacelli opened his mouth and sang the first note. Oh, even now it's giving me goosebumps. It was so beautiful. And it, like that truly is something where I look back on that. <laughs> I have goosebumps now head to toe. Um, just how I, I've never once regretted that decision. That that was, you know, you figure out how to make the budget work. <laughs> Eat a little bit more tuna on your bread. But that uh, that glory was so beautiful. And I was thinking about this also when one of my friends was dealing with um, the anniversary of a loss. It was like, oh, I actually just need to go to her. It doesn't matter what the price tag is. That's just necessary. And I was thinking about this with another one of my friends when, um, when his divorce was finalized. It was like, well, you need to do something to mark that. That, that needs to not just be kind of a hanging moment of ugliness. Figure out what to do to um, walk that out with Jesus. And so whether that's like, I'm going to go and bury my ring in a meaningful place to me. I mean, we scatter ashes of deceased family and loved ones. So why would there not be some kind of a ceremony around some of these? But then I also think if you're a friend who is having, going through a, a difficult or dark time, it's okay to do grand gestures for those things. It's okay to fly out and visit. It's okay to say, okay, can I send the bouquet? And for me, one of my, just the privileges or the gifts that I feel like the Lord has given is that you don't usually send flowers the day of or like the week of. If you put it in the calendar for one, two or three months out as the Lord leads, that becomes so much more meaningful because Nobody else remembers that death at that point, and yet the grief has not normally subsided. <laughs> grief takes a really long time, usually. And so I just say all of that because I, I, I didn't actually want to record this message. I was like, Lord, this is an awkward message. I don't like actually telling people how to spend their money. It's a very personal thing. But I, as I was arguing with the Lord, I felt like he said, no, somebody needs this one. <laughs> Somebody needs to have the release that it's going to be okay to do that grand gesture or to support their friend or to support themselves in the midst of the hard things. And so, or even just to say it's actually okay sometimes to just have a beautiful memory that is sort of over the top and precious. Okay, so Jesus, I give this to you, that funny little couple of paragraphs my own life experiences, those of those who are listening, Lord, we want to live for you. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Amen.